Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. We have been in this series called No Filter. Somebody say No Filter. Oh, I love it. Has this been helpful to you over the last several weeks? Man, this has been so meaningful. I think it's been a timely word about God bringing authenticity and and honesty and vulnerability back into his house. Can I have a good amen? Came across this story recently. A man was desperate for work. So he applies for a, a job at the local zoo because he heard they were having some openings. So he met with the zoo director, and the director told him, well, it's a little unusual, but I do have something. Uh, Our gorilla died some time ago, and we haven't had the the time or the money to replace him just yet. So if you're willing to wear a monkey suit and impersonate an ape, then you've got the job. Well, the guy didn't feel like it was terribly authentic, but he was desperate for a job, and something was better than nothing, so he signed on. And after a few awkward first couple of days, the guy kind of got into the spirit of the thing, kind of started feeling it, you know, started feeling the energy and the growling in the cage and, you know, kind of stomping around and beating his chest and all the kids were excited. Soon he became the main attraction at the zoo. So he's swinging from one side of the cage to the next, and one day he got a little too excited, and he swung right over his wall into the cage next to him, where there was housed an enormous African lion. The man could feel the lion's hot breath down on his face, so he just began screaming for help, and then the lion suddenly whispered, hey, be quiet. Or both of us are going to be out of a job. (laughs) How many know we got to keep it real? Can I have a good amen? There is no dress up. There is no pretend. Aren't you glad you don't have to fake it to make it in Jesus' name? I mean, just being authentic, no filter. I think we kind of kicked this idea off three weeks ago. We talked about the freedom to be yourself is the freedom to be your best. Don't have to pretend or play games. You're not trying to impress anybody. Uh, The second week, we talked about what it means to be in Christ. Somebody say, in Christ. Super important to understand who you are in Jesus. And remember, we talked about who you are is determined by whose you are. When you say yes to God, what does that look like as the spirit and life of his son enters into your heart? Last week, if you were here, we talked about direct messages. We talked about how to handle temptation. And I think that's super important. And I want to make sure that we connected the ideas that, that, that every sin is somehow traced back to a lie. Every sin that we commit is connected to a lie that we've believed. And so instead of trying to change your behavior, because sometimes that can be very frustrating, you got to ask yourself, what lie is it that I'm believing? If salvation comes to us by faith, we believe in Jesus, then sin entered in through believing a lie. 
And that's what we talked about last week. And so today I want to I wanna talk to us. The, the title of the message today is simply this, Updating Your Profile. Updating your profile. Again, the social media theme has kind of guided us through this. You know, your profile is, is who you are at a glance. If you're on social media, then you have a profile. Now, I've discovered that how guys identify and how girls identify are a little different. The girl's profile will include her name, not her age. Her name, where she went to elementary school, where she went to middle school, where she went to high school, where she went to college. It'll include her spouse's name. It'll include all the names of her children along with their corresponding ages and a whole bunch of emojis. Guys, your profile is this, fishing. <laughs> Just kind of, hey, it's kind of what I'm about. Uh, you know, I, I learned this too because I'm, I'm a rookie when it comes to social media. I'm not savvy. I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. You, you discovered that last week, okay? There's this term called Facebook official. Is that a thing? It's like Facebook official. When you're updating your status, if you're in a relationship, then it's Facebook official. Oh, Lord, help us. Some of us, you know, when your season of life changes, when your situation changes, then you update your profile. If you get a new job, then you update your profile. You graduate from high school or college, your profile is updated. You get engaged or married or, or have kids. Some of you need to update your profile because you, you, like, you got like four kids, but you haven't updated your profile since kid number two. So kids three and four are wondering, hey, where, where do I fit in? Um, you know, and then if you're going to update your profile, then you have to update your picture. Some are like, no, I like that glamour shot from 20 years ago. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, uh, Apostle Paul, I, I love the book of Ephesians because I, I think it's so practical. Um, Paul's written this letter to the, to the church at Ephesus and the first three chapters of this letter are very doctrinal, which I think is super important. Chapters one, two, and three, it's all about doctrine. It's about, it's about what we believe and why we believe it. And then in chapter four, he shifts gears and he goes from doctrinal to very practical. You know, the last several weeks, we've been learning our identity in Christ. Well, today, I want to get very practical and talk to you about how to live out what you've learned. How many of you know it's not just information and education? Can I have a good amen? But it's practical application that begin, we, we begin to see the difference. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 21. I want to give you two simple things out of, out of these three or four verses. Ephesians 4, 21, Paul said these words. He says, since, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature. Somebody say, throw off. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust 
and deception. In other words, Paul's saying, hey, you've, you've heard about Jesus because we've proclaimed him. You've learned your identity of who you are in Christ. So now there's something practical that you need to apply. You're going to have to update your profile. You're not the same person that you were when we first met. How many of you know when Jesus enters the picture, everything changes? It doesn't stay the same. That's why you can't just, church attendance alone is not enough to bring transformation. You, you've got to have an encounter with Jesus himself. Knowledge of God is one thing, but an experience with God is something else. And our hope when you come to Healing Place, I don't want you to just be encouraged by what you hear, but I want you to be changed by what you experience. We want to create an environment, an atmosphere where you experience the power and the presence of Almighty God. And what Paul is saying here is since you have learned about Christ, now there's something you got to do. You got to throw off. If you're taking notes, write that down. Number one, throw off. You have to throw off some things. You're going to have to get rid of some stuff. Uh, this is an illusion. If you study that phrase in the Greek, it's an illusion to clothing. You know, you got to get rid of some clothes. There's some things that you've been wearing that have been clinging to you, and it's time to clean out your closet. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember a, a, a several years ago when, when my wife did an intervention for me. Baby, look, those clothes got to go. Now, fellas, you know, if you think like I do, no, it's not necessarily about style. It's about what's comfortable, right? You know, one of the most difficult things for me every Sunday, can I tell you my routine every Sunday? It happened this morning. I wake up, I know I should do this Saturday night, but I don't think. And I wake up on Sunday morning and I think, what am I going to wear to church? I used to not care about it, but now I've been told I have to care. Because you guys got to look at this. Well, what did I wear last week? So I go to the church app. I literally go to the Healing Place app. <laughs> for reals. And I pull it, and there, oh, that's what I wore that week. That's what I wore that, oh, I can't wear that. Oh, why can't I wear that? And I literally have to make a decision based on what I've worn in previous weeks. I remember Rachel calling up Pastor Chris and said, Chris, you got to have a, a, a powwow with my husband. You're coming over to the house, and you're going to clean out his closet. And guess what? He brought garbage bags. He sat me down and said, Pastor, look, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but we're going to have to get rid of some stuff. And, you know, it was emotional. There was a lot, of, lot of, a lot of garbage bags filled with my stuff. Honestly, he was a little more emotionally attached to some of it than I was because he's like, I remember when you preached a message that changed my life and you were wearing this shirt right here. Listen you got to get rid of some things. You're going to have to throw some things off. You're going to have to break up with the old you. Oh, come on now. How many remember back in the day, all right, when you was dating, and man, you were chasing, and man, you had all these girlfriends, come on, fellas, and it's like, man, it's time for this relationship to be done. And it was hard to break up. I mean, some of you, you were a player back in the day. Yeah, I, didn't, I never wanted to hurt anybody's feelings, and so it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's not you, it's me. 
right? It, you, you deserve someone so much better than me, right? Listen, you owe your old self no explanation. Don't coddle the person you used to be. I mean, in fact, what you need to do is you just need to ghost that person. Um, I owe you no explanation. I'm not obligated to you. You're going to have to get rid of that old man, the, the, the old clothes in your closet, because why? You're a new creation. We, we talked about that, man. God makes all things new. And so don't hold on to your old ways of thinking, your old ways of acting, your old desires, your old beliefs. Man, those, you've got to clean your closet. Come on, somebody. It's time to unfriend some things in your past. You don't know anybody, any explanation. The old you is dead. Paul said you're going to have to throw off some things. You're going to have to tell some things bye-bye. Bye. Changing my number. I'm unfriending some things in my past. Why? Because I don't live there anymore. That, that, that's who I was, but it's not who I am. You see, the enemy of your soul is always trying to drag you back to yesterday's. Some of you are having a hard time moving forward because you're holding on to what's behind you. Uh, there's a difference. I mean, there's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Why is your windshield so much bigger? Because what's in front of you is way more important than what you've left behind. Somebody say, throw off. That means get rid of. Don't let that old stuff cling to you. Get some garbage bags and time to get rid of. We're going to clean house. Why? Because if you leave it hanging in your closet, you'll be tempted to put it on again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had a, you ever like been like at the end of the day and, and it's like, you know, you got that work funk on you. You don't have time to take a shower. You know you need one really bad. Don't have time to clean up, strip off, reset. You're just going to take some cologne and spray. <sighs> uh-uh. Listen, that funk is still there. Now, it may be smothered and smoldering, but it's coming out. Listen, don't try to suppress the old man. Get rid of him. Man, strip down, throw off, man, the, the, the person that you used to be. You're not that same person anymore. Man, you're moving forward in Christ. What's in front of you is way more important than what you've left behind. Don't let the enemy pull you back. Oh, man, what, what does this mean, throw off? Well, th this really is connected to a word. I want to give you a word today, and I want to help us to look at it through a new lens. It's the word repent. Somebody say repent. Mm. Now, I don't know what you, if we do word association, I don't know the thoughts or feelings that you have connected to that word repent. I think repent is a beautiful word. It's a biblical word, but it gets a bad rap. Sometimes we connect thoughts and emotions to the word repent or repentance, you know, and I don't know if your mind goes like mine does. Sometimes I think about the angry street preacher. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that's on the corner and just, I mean, repent. 
You know, you're pulled up at the intersection, you're at the stoplight, and, and man, he's there, and he's pounding that Bible, and there's, there's veins, and, and there's a red pad, and then the, 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 the finger of doom, you know what I'm talking about? And you're like, oh. You know, it, it, repent is not angry street preacher who doesn't even like people. Come on. Can I, let, me, let me tell somebody this, all right? God is not mad at you. God is madly in love with you. And repent is not a bad word. It's a beautiful word. Repent is a word that's filled with hope. I mean, some of us, we've tried to change within our own strength, and we realize how fruitless that is. The only way we can experience transformation is if we repent, if we throw off the things of our past, and we turn away from, come on somebody, the word repent literally means to turn. To turn away from. And to turn toward to. It's literally a 180 degree turn. I mean, there was a day when you were living according to your flesh, your sinful desires, and maybe some of you didn't even know it. You were living selfishly and wickedly and immorally only to please yourself. And then you heard the gospel being proclaimed, or you had a friend who loved you right where you were and then gave you the truth of God's word, and something in your heart began to shift. There was a turning away from, listen, I don't want to go this direction anymore. I've, there's a better path for me to follow. And the God who loves us doesn't want to see us self-destruct in our own sin. And that's why in church we have to proclaim the truth of God's word and say, repent. Turn away from your self-destructiveness and turn toward the loving arms of the one who created you. And so the things that you used to do, you don't do anymore. The direction you were going, you're now going in the opposite direction. You don't think like, act like, walk like, talk like, do like you used to. Why? Because there has been a turn. There's been a change. Repentance is a beautiful word because that's where our hope for transformation comes. It's, it's like this. I did it. I admit it. I quit it, so forget it. You see how that works? Somebody say, I did it. Say, I admit it. Say, I quit it, so forget it. This is the process. Watch this. I did it. You know what that is? That's personal responsibility. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not making excuses. I did it. Guess what? Number two, I admit it. That's confession. Not only am I taking personal responsibility, I'm confessing to the Lord. I did it. I admit it. I quit it. That's repentance. That's changing course. And guess what God does whenever you, when you take responsibility, when you confess and when you repent? He says, I forgive you and it's clean. I, I don't even remember your sins anymore. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Isn't that beautiful? You see, initial repentance is how we get saved. It's how we say yes to the Lord. But daily repentance is how we stay connected to God. You know, there's some I, daily, we need to practice daily repentance. Lord, wash me and cleanse me. How many take a shower before you go to bed? Only three of you. <laughs> wow. Your bed sheets be stanking. 
How many like to get in bed and, man, you just feel clean and, man, the coolness of your blanket and your pillow, and you slide into those covers? Man, you get in bed all funky and stinky and sweat. Don't be doing that. Some of you need to repent. <laughs> if we take a shower every day, why wouldn't we present our hearts to the Lord and say, God, wash me? cleanse me. Man, when I said that at work, oh man, I, I know that came out wrong. That wasn't my heart. Holy Spirit starts convicting you, speaking to you about how you're talking, how you act, and what you're looking at. Man, some of your thoughts. We need daily repentance. You know what? God has freed us from the junk of our past. How do we embrace that? We repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. I love the scripture here in Revelation 12, verse 10. The Bible says this, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser, somebody say the accuser, the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. Watch this, verse 11. And they overcame him. How did they overcame him? Because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even when faced with death. You see, the blood of Jesus sets us free from our past. Oh, my goodness. Everybody okay? I see people getting on their knees right now just repenting. Yes, Lord. The blood of Jesus can take a black heart and, and make it whiter than snow. If your past is under the blood, quit bringing it up. You see, because the devil will accuse you. I know what you did last week. I know what you did last month. I know what you did last night. Come on, somebody. Some of you have a hard time leaning into the power and presence of God because you're bringing your past with you. And God's saying, listen, it's under the blood. How do you overcome the enemy? By the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. What do you say? Hey, listen, don't judge me by my past. I don't live there anymore. I'm not there. That, that, that was yesterday. I may have done what they said I did, but I am not who they say I am. Come on, can I have a better amen? I think about, check this out. I was studying this this week, Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute, all right? Joshua chapter two, Rahab was a prostitute in the city of Jericho. And now here come the Israelites, the, these Hebrew children that are empowered by God. They just escaped uh, 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 the, the wrath of the Egyptians. They crossed over the Jordan River, and now here they are, Jericho in front of them. So Joshua sent out some spies to check out the city of Jericho. It was a fortified community, tall towers and walls, and Rahab was a, was a prostitute who lived within the wall. Well, the two Hebrew spies go to Jericho, and they see Rahab, and the, the word on the streets, the king of Jericho says, hey, I've heard that there's some spies at your house. Hand them over to me. She wouldn't do it. She hid the spies and protected them. And then she told those spies, listen, you need to escape in a couple of days. But when you guys come back, I know this city is going to be destroyed. Please save me and my family. Don't leave me to this destruction. We know that your God is with you. And so uh, they said, well, listen, 
We'll protect you and your family, but here's what you got to do. You got to hold this rope, the rope that they uh, escaped out of her uh, apartment, out of her house, and went back into their own tribe. If you keep this rope in your window, it will serve as a reminder that we won't destroy you and your family. You can literally say that Rahab and her family were just hanging by a thread. That's all that marked them was that scarlet Rope. Listen, the word hope in Hebrew means line or cord. It was a rope of hope. And guess what? When those Hebrews walked around the city of Jericho, they leveled the city, but there was a rope hanging out of Rahab's window. They said, no, okay, you with us now. Okay, and guess what? Rahab said, I don't want to live like I used to live. Them's not my people anymore. I want to go a new direction. And so guess what? She married one of the spies. Did you know that? And Rahab became the great, great grandmother of King David. Oh, and guess what? She was the 35th great grandmother of the Savior of the world. So from the lineage of a prostitute came the Savior of the entire world. Listen, you are not your past. Who you're becoming is more important than where you came from. Now look, now we, 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 so Ephesians, Ephesians 4, we're going to skip verse 23. Do not look at verse 23. Don't look at it. Ah, 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 ah. Do not look at verse 23. We're going to verse 24. Everybody say, throw off. Now check this out. Say, put on. Put on. We're throwing off the old nature. We're putting on our new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, okay? Now, verse 22 says throw off. We're getting rid of. We're cleaning our closet. Verse 24 says we're going to put on something new now. We're going to put on the spirit and nature of Christ. How do we do that? Verse 23. Here's how you make it from taking some things off, getting rid of some stuff, to putting something new on. Verse 23. Here's how you do it. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. If throwing off is about repentance of the heart, then putting on is about renewing our minds. You see that? It starts with repentance. Lord, forgive me. Come into my heart and life. That's, man, we're throwing off the, the, the shameful things of yesterday. But putting on requires us to renew our thoughts and our attitudes. How many of you have discovered that your heart can be in the right place, but your head can be a mess? Listen, if your heart wasn't in the right place, you wouldn't be listening to this message right now. I think your heart is in the right place. But the problem is not with your heart, it's with your head. See, we have a responsibility to renew our minds. There's this conflict now. When, when your heart's in the right place, but your head is messed up, how many know your life is a mess? I remember several years ago, in fact, when Rachel and I first got married, we lived in apartments off of Blue Bonnet. And one afternoon, I was cleaning the apartment and, and, and got all the trash bags, you know, emptied all the trash and, and had it in one big bag. And I had to head to the office that afternoon. So I, I collected all the trash, put it in a bag, and I threw it in my car because my intent was to drop it off at the dumpster 
at the front of the apartment complex. On my way out, I'm just going to drop it off and I'm going to head to church. Well, I got busy. <laughs> I put the trash bag in my car, but I never emptied the trash. So I drove to the office, and you know how hot it is in Louisiana in the afternoons, and man, that it just baked. It baked in my vehicle. End of the day, then I, I jump in my, my car, and it's like, whoo, wee. I know sometimes Louisiana just stinks. Like, what is that, man? Louisiana, ooh, there's something, something ain't right. I'm driving down the road, and then I hear something in my back seat, kind of. I'm driving down Highland Road. I look behind me, and there's a big old alley cat, a big tomcat that had jumped in my car and had torn through the trash bag, and it was soupy, messy. It was everywhere, and I don't know who was more surprised, that cat or me. Man, I'm two wheels on Highland Road, and that cat jumped out. See, I'm having PTSD right now. Y'all pray for me. That's my trauma with cats, all right? <laughs> you say, Pastor, what's wrong? Listen, I had inadvertently allowed something in that didn't belong. Some of you are polluting your life with thoughts that don't belong. God's saying, well, wait, no, your heart's right, but your head is a soupy mess. And when you allow stinking thinking, come on, talk to me. If you don't take that trash out, you're gonna pollute your entire life, and guess what? Those bad thoughts will attract bad things. Some of you wonder, why, why can't I get rid of this relationship, get rid of this person, get rid of this habit? Because you've allowed a thought to take root into your life. And when you believe something wrong, you'll do something wrong you'll end up in a wrong place. You see, the first step toward right living is right thinking. The mind is the steering wheel of your entire life. If you put your mind in a place of victory, you end up with victory. But when your mind is a mess, doesn't matter how good your heart is, you gotta get this lined up with this. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Romans 12, Paul said this. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, if you're not transformed, you'll be conformed. And if you don't allow God's word to transform your thinking, then the pressures and the pulls of this culture will shape you into what they want you to be. You see, transformation is possible not only when we repent with our hearts, but then we renew our minds, and then we begin to understand what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You see, you can't step into a new reality with an old mentality. Can't do it. Some of you trying to move forward, you're thinking, hey, windshield versus rearview mirror, that's hard for me to move forward. Well, you're bringing an old mentality. And it's hard for you to step into a new reality. Say, Mike, how do I do that? Man, we renew our minds with this book. With this book. I have told, I, I will pound this every single week. 
God's word. It's what he says about you that matters most. It's what he has declared over your life. Some of you, you've had, you know, for decades, you've had parents or a coach or somebody very valuable to you. Maybe they said something about you or spoke something over you, and it haunts you to this day. God's saying, listen, it's my words, my thoughts. When you have the smile of God, then it doesn't matter the frowns of man. Growing up, my parents couldn't afford to to bring me to the dentist. I never went to the dentist. Never. And I had my teeth were just all ganked up. I mean it's crazy. I had a 12 millimeter overbite. Okay, now I know that doesn't really make sense. What does that mean? Okay, let me put that in context. The normal overbite is a two. I was a 12. I mean, it's just like, I could eat corn on the cob through a picket fence. It was bad, y'all. For reals. Isn't that terrible? Hey, when I was in middle school, I had girls that come up to me and say, kiss me, buck tooth. My tonsils itch. Isn't that horrible? Man, those middle school kids, they are cruel. I mean, I tell you, we're everywhere. I went to the orthodontist, and he's like, whoa. Like I took impressions. They were like jaws. I mean, teeth everywhere. And I had to pull a bunch of teeth and, you know, do a whole lot of work just to push that 12 millimeters back into a two. And I'll never forget when we were going to Angola, and we were at the security gate. This is probably about four or five years ago. So they asked you for ID, and so the security guard asked me for my ID. So I, I gave, her, gave her my license, and then, of course, you know, I, I don't know if you're supposed to smile or not, but I do. I just, I like to, smiling makes me happy. I'm, I'm smiling, I'm smiling. She said, wow, you have the most beautiful teeth ever. I said, baby, you may see the glory, but you don't know the story. <laughs> She had no idea. Four years of braces, man. I mean, the pressure to take my crooked teeth and get them lined up. See where I'm going? See, God's word is like braces. Man, we got to get some alignment. There's some pressure that's applied. I know we're not always doing everything right. But listen, God loves us. He's madly in love with you. He's not mad at you. Come on, get that. And so when we repent, we can trust. Uh, Lord, your plan for me is better than anything I could create in my own head. God, when I confess my sin, I'm forgiven, and it's thrown into your sea of forgetfulness. Lord, help me to renew my mind based on your words, and you get my life into alignment, because when your life is in alignment, then he can release you into your assignments. He can release you now. There's a calling. There's a destiny. There's a plan. There's a purpose. And you won't be released into it until there's alignment first. Let God be God in you. Some of you need to update that profile. It's time for an update because you've been living in the past. You receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.